Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this narration of the web novel Burning Stars, Falling Skies, taken from both HFY and Royal Road. The link to the original will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please subscribe, like, and comment so that the great algorithm in all its wisdom decides to help grow this channel. Chapter 18 Reclamation The bridge of the Empress Three Dax slipped into a tense silence in the view screen. The Dodge Tull settled into the couches, steering themselves against the G forces as the fleet increased its burn rate. Next, Three Dak, Bakai glanced at her worriedly. Three Dak kept her gaze on the monitor. Her total's concern and curiosity could wait for another couple of days. For the moment, she refused to split her attention from the cameras watching her and the view screen, even if with each breath it felt like she was sucking down hot glass. History demanded that she stand tall in this moment. Almost as one of the invader ships began clustering around the moon station, powering up their engines and moving periodically to as to prevent Katasha's fleet from hitting them with any kinetic shells at extreme range. Theoretically, in space there was nothing to stop a projectile so long as you put a nearby cash giant's gravity was taken into account. That said, compared to lasers, even the fastest kinetic penetrators moved at an absolute crawl. Past a certain range, even the newest whelp could simply track incoming rounds and drift out of the way with minimal expenditure of reaction mass. It looks like they see us, girls. Kadasha's voice was slightly off-pish as the inertia compressed her into her command couch. All torch ships, please target the enemy station with your main cannons, arm penetrators, and fire one volley of 907 hours precisely. Bore a second volley at 909 hours. We will assess the damage after the kinetics hit. At the very minimum, we can keep them on their toes, force them to deploy screens and fighters to protect the station so long before we get into range. Katash flicked her tongue instinctively, tasting the stale air inside her helmet. So far, the invaders have deployed fewer screening vessels per torchship than expected and displayed an unwillingness to fire their full complement of rockets. It's a guess, but our analysts will think that we have the resource advantage. If they are having trouble rearming and refueling, trading slugs for the screen's reaction mass at range will only increase our chances when we get closer. Three Dak's eyes flicked to the command center's indicator. The meter marking each tall ship's capacitor banks filled, charging from yellow to green. They fired their body silently, each tall ship rocking in its heavy shells traveling the entire length of the vessel, only to be flung at incredible speed into the emptiness of space. Two minutes later, the tall ship shook once again as the second body was dumped into space. The ships didn't even retract their radiators, dumping the heat from them, constantly accelerating drives and heavy cannons as rapidly as possible into the depths of space. Yellow indicators began to fade towards green as heat sinks returned to their normal state. Zedak flicked her tongue, nodding to herself. That was yet another benefit of firing at great range, without a credible risk of return fire. Kadash could maintain a measured rate of fire, allowing each torchship enough time to shed heat without resorting to venting a finite coolant. Functionally, all the cannonade cost her with feet was a reaction mass needed to power the cannons and easily replaceable kinetic penetrators. Although, 
Dennis Binnings hadn't invented a tactic, he had popularized it, allowing human fleets to destroy fixed invader assets at long range before they were driven off by the enemy's much larger fleets. He called the strategy defense in depth and relied upon partisan-class light cruisers to destroy invader fuel dumps and supply depots in systems that they had otherwise taken from humanity. Only through the slow build-up of overwhelming force were the invaders able to push Dennis's forces back, buying humanity months and years' worth of time. Even if their war ultimately was futile, Dennis's strategy proved itself once again. The station, knowing its fate, deployed almost 100 drones and opened fire on the fleet. Three heavy kinetic cannons joined almost 40 missile tubes, spitting death at the Dodge Tile far outside of their range. Without pause, the navigator of the Empress 3 deck four fingers across the control panel next to her couch. The feet shifted course slightly, a fraction of a degree and heading more than enough that the range and speed to divert the ships well away from the oncoming fire. That would be the fate of all attacks at extreme range against moving targets. Rockets and kinetic shells wouldn't have the fuel to track Katasha's fleet while it adjusted course, rendering them about as useful as firing a crossbow at a fly. Still, the station kept on firing. The torchship surrounding it burned their engines heavily to move towards the Dodge Tall fleet now that Katasha's strategy was revealed. Threedak thrummed with approval. If the invaders deployed screening vessels to try and shoot down the incoming rockets, it would mean that they had the fuel and supplies to protect the conflict. By abandoning the station, not only did the invaders consign to its fate, but they ripped whatever passed for hands over the lack of supply. Minutes passed in silence as the Dodge Tall feet fell into a repetitive pattern. The station would fire a volley of slugs and rockets. Light adjustments would be made and ensure the projectiles would go far off the fleet. Then the process would repeat itself. Only after a couple minutes of fire did the fleet have to make more substantial burns once the navigator pointed out that the station's attack were attempting to box them in. Even then, the solution was simply a minute of burn on a perpendicular course. The blips on the plot representing the two bodies are kinetic shells intersecting with the marker representing the station. On screen, the blurry flashes of heat and radiation that represented the station's closing defense flared as it tried to shoot down the penetrators. Ultimately, the effort was largely futile. Kinetic attacks didn't carry across sensitive electronics, warheads, and rocket fuel that lasers were designed to detonate or disable. Only lucky shots, delivering enough energy to the spinning side of a slug to divert its course. Actually, managing to do anything at those were too few and matter. Where a moving ship might only be hit by a handful of penetrators or a cluster of flechettes, the station crumpled under the fuller side. In the first body, all 18 shells were on target and only four were deflected by the station's last-ditch defensive fire. The remaining 14 punched through the station's lightly armored hull, sending searing lances of flame, debris, and plasma out the other end as they pierced it clearly. Only ten of the slugs from the second body were on target as their microcomputers frantically tried to adjust their course to match the station, which was now spinning as it vented oxygen and twisted slabs of metal. The station didn't have any further fight in it. Point Defense didn't even try to defend it, instead letting all the attacking penetrators through. 
and a flash of white light, the station's fusion reactor lost containment and erased itself from the plot. Around the command center, Dodge Tal began cheering. Even Tridak broke into a grin, slapping her graspers onto Bukai and Dardis's shoulders. Look at your sister, she said, thrumming proudly. Katash has wet her fangs first, all without loss of a single Dodge Tal life. There is more battle yet to be fought, Bukai replied, sighing. Plenty of time for the invaders to spend Dodge Tal lives in a futile defense. Still, Bukai paused leaning forward to take the multitude of paths and indicators in the corner of the combat plot. The fleet appears to be operating without any major problems, she continued, satisfaction in her voice. I don't see any evidence of the heat power spikes that would indicate malfunction. If there are going to be any problems, they haven't reared their heads yet. They won't be, Bakai, Threedak smiled warmly at her daughter. You always fret over your creations, never content with them as they are. It's what you make a great inventor, but this anxiety is a strange fit for you. I'm used to seeing the fire in your forges in your eyes, and when you argue with me... They're detaching screens, Dardis interjected quietly, ending the further banter from both Threedak and Bakai turned back to the plot. Thirty-four green squares representing Kithra-class screening vessels detached from the Dodge Tile fleet, four from each torchship and ten from the Empress Threedak herself. They surged forward from the fleet, a brilliant stream of green that was quickly joined by a swarm of drones. The invaders followed suit, but the second their screens detached, Threedak hissed in triumph. The five enemy torchships only managed to fill the eleven screening vessels and just over half of the projected complement of drones. Their analysts had been right. The invaders were isolated, unable to replenish their losses from the previous engagement. The two walls of screens took up positions in front of their respective fleets as the ships drifted into rocket range. Three decks graspers tightened on a daughter's shoulders. This was it. They were seconds away from avenging Captain Lakshir's martyrdom and striking the first blow against the invaders. They had always been implicatable foe. Their numbers and technology made them a daunting foe, seemingly beyond reach. But today, the Dodge Tal would sink their teeth into the invaders' throats. They would show that their foe could bleed. Target the enemy torchships and prepare to fire rockets. Katash spoke on screen, her voice clipped and formal. Focus all fire on one ship at a time, two bodies per ship. One of them will get away unscathed, but with any luck, we'll completely overwhelm the point's defense and score a kill or two at range. On camera, a dodge doll in the gunner's couch nodded before hunching forward, frantically plotting a firing solution for the entire fleet. About five seconds later, the larger ships fired 160 rockets, staggering shortly thereafter and screening forces fired as well, adding another 136 to the volley as clusters of rockets merged together before screaming towards the invaders. The invaders fired back, their torch ships only managing to field 146 rockets in each of their six bodies. Given that each invading torch ship carried a 30-rocket tube, that meant that in all likelihood some of the invaders' ships were still damaged and suffering from some sort of malfunction. Threedak leaned forward, a predator grin crossing a muzzle, yet more evidence that the enemy was out of the supply and low on resources. 
As Threedag mounted, Threedag did her best to keep her relief on her face. Her Dodge Tal needed to see her proud and assured the moment to this race's success and confidence. They couldn't know how worried she had been since the Battle of Gabriel that the invaders had sent a messenger home. Even if a race scored a victory here, they were far from ready to face the judgment where was the full invader fleet. What the Dodge Tal needed was time. Time to build and grow. Time, she sighed, a hint of sorrow flashing across her face. Darlis placed a crossbar over Threedax and looked up at her. Threedax turned her head to say something, but the words caught in her throat. Darlis's eyes were fixed on her. Emotions flickered through Threedax. Pride and her daughters, they'd accomplished so much so quickly. Anxiety. Even if they won this battle, the Dodge Doll had centuries of warfare before them. More than anything, she felt love. An alien emotion introduced to her by human memories, but she didn't have any other word for it. The decades of labor and care connected her to both her daughters and her people. She tried to take as much of the struggle upon herself as she could. The worries, the late nights, and the burden of making the tough choices their society would need to survive. She saw it all reflected in Dallas's face. Her daughter might not speak up much, but she cared. For Threedak and her sisters, for the Dodge Tall race as a whole. Threedak simply smiled back, the expression bittersweet. For all of her efforts to spare her daughters, the one thing they didn't have was time. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you enjoyed the story, please follow the link down below and let the author know. If you wish to support this channel, you can do all the usual YouTube gumph, like subscribing, following, and more importantly, sharing. All of these things do help the channel grow. If you wish to do more, there are links for donations, Patreon, and channel memberships as well. And until the next time, I hope that you all have a wonderful one. I will see you in the next video. Cheers.